previously on The Leap. Our goal is to tell incredible stories that we've seen in the field. Stories that prove we're not separated from nature. It's just, for many of us, it's out of sight. We want to inspire our listeners and bring nature back in mind through audio. I've stepped up to the ledge. I have nothing to lose but a dream. This is The Leap, the making of Out of Sight, and I'm Tristan Schneider. These are chapters from my thoughts as I travel around the world, attempting to collect stories that demonstrate how we, as people, are connected to nature. I've just left home, and I'm so glad to have you with me. Chapter two, how the sausage is made. Good morning, good morning. Uh, That's me waking up on my last morning as a resident in my house in Washington, D.C. Antsy, eager, call my energy what you will, I made my way south to Durham, North Carolina, where my good friend Elliot lives. Morrison, my other partner in crime, was coincidentally at a nearby sea turtle convention and was planning on meeting us there. I couldn't wait. Here's me, on the road, probably in the middle of southern Virginia, getting used to talking to myself on the mic while in the car. I'm feeling incredibly hopeful right now. Uh, really inspired. and I, I honestly can't even describe the emotion I feel because it's it's excitement mixed with uncertainty and that sort of creates a, a, a giddiness that I haven't really experienced very often as an adult even in the most exciting times in my life during the most exciting travels and I haven't even left the country yet I'm just in Durham or I guess I'm just in the middle of southern Virginia right now so yeah, I'm so excited. I need to be better about recording pretty much everything, recording conversations, getting comfortable being behind the mic. I got down to Durham, reunited with Elliot, and thanks to his encouragement, almost immediately started recording. Before picking up Morrison from the airport, Elliot and I had a long talk. Here's Elliot. Okay, so just a lowdown on like what story is. So a story occurs when there's a character and the character has a desire or a goal or a mission and there is something in the way of that goal or mission, right? Like you've read about this in your books and stuff. Um, An obstacle. Yeah, exactly. And there are like complicating factors constantly. But like the story is wrapped up when that binary question or that dramatic question of like, will they achieve what they want is answered. And in your case, the, the binary question is, will Tristan make an awesome podcast that achieves what he wants to achieve, right? Like that's the, that's the binary question. That's the dramatic question of your, of your story. It's a question that I'd been thinking about a lot. Was this idea too crazy to pull off? Upon arriving to North Carolina, as I mentioned before, I felt hopeful. The kind of optimism that I remember from my first day of college, for instance a sort of, 
I'm not completely sure what I'm about to go through, but whatever happens, it's going to be good. We arrived at the airport, and in the spirit of trying to capture as much of my journey as possible, I took the mic out to go look for Morrison. There's no better time to begin recording, I thought, than with some of my closest friends, the people who understood this podcast most and understood what I needed to do. Do you see him? No, I don't see him. Do you see him? I don't. We'll find him soon. Over there, right? Oh. Okay, it is him. Hey, buddy. Morrison! Yeah, I don't know. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, too. Hey, buddy. Hey, how are you? All right, great oh to see you, God, man. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm seeing you both down here. I know, this, this is crazy. Super lucky. Yeah. Let me take that. All right. This is the lightest thing you could have possibly handed me. Yeah. <laughs> you want to hand me something heavier? It's all right, dude. I got it. <laughs> and it's so good to see you guys. In that moment, my eagerness was at its peak. But that changed the second we got into the car. Turn Yo. that off. I, I don't like knowing that there's a mic running. Dude, just, just get used to it. <laughs> okay, fine. Just get used to it. I thank God for you, Elliot, because I would have turned that off. <laughs> I laughed it off then, and it might have seemed like a small detail, but my partner and co-host expressed discomfort around a microphone. In a weird way, that comment made me feel alone for a second, like this project wasn't serious to anyone but me. And once again, I doubted myself. If one of my best friends won't let me record him, how am I gonna get someone I meet on the road to open up to me? Before I go any further, let me caveat this. What I felt is not at all Morrison's fault. His perspective is completely valid. When we're all together, we let loose. We swear, make weird noises, shout, talk about old embarrassing memories, and we say dude way too much. Most people do these kinds of things with their closest friends, and to Morrison, that's what this weekend was, a reunion of great friends. And it makes sense that he wouldn't want those moments recorded. A microphone, to so many, feels invasive. To me, the second I left home, all of this, even the ridiculous moments with friends, was supposed to be part of the job. In my experience, the best ideas, and the best moments, come during times when everyone is unfiltered and I was hoping to record as much of those moments as possible. The only problem was the presence of the microphone served as an impediment. If, for instance, I kept the microphone on, I wouldn't get an unfiltered Morrison during the weekend. But if I turned off the microphone, I wouldn't be able to capture what I was trying to capture. I was stuck in a way. I was, however, able to record some of our discussions over the weekend. For instance, a major item that we focused on was this podcast, The Leap. Morrison and Elliot wanted to get to the bottom of what it's all about, what I had envisioned, and they had no problems bringing up their concerns. I think that it's possible to do both, as in use Instagram as a tool and present a podcast about this. The making of, pre the making? Exactly. I don't know. I, I've like never seen that done before. Elliot, what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm wondering about your vision for the first one, because I'm thinking about the amount of energy that it takes to produce two products at the same time. So if you're making 
the podcast about making another podcast. What's the format of that first one? What does it look like? Um, the format is going to be first person narration. Basically what I'll be doing is telling the story directly to the audience, then pulling in supplementary audio from my discussions and from my experiences into that first person narration. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. So it's, it's going to be like kind of stream of consciousness. Is it going to be like uh, off the cuff or is it going to be written out? Is there going to be music? It's going to be written out. There's going to be music. Yes. I, I don't think that I'm going to introduce sound effects in the same way we might want to introduce sound effects in the final product out of sight. But what I was thinking was there would be theme music, a generic intro and music and possibly some music within the story itself. But I was thinking that the podcast episodes could be five to 15 minutes, not long, just tidbits, mm -hmm. almost irregular, not necessarily formulaic, something that can be produced relatively quickly. So the, yeah, the, the trouble I was having with this is that uh, you can't just start doing this, go out in the field, start putting up your podcast about making a podcast while making a podcast, and then also trying to find an audience for that, right? Because otherwise no one's going to listen to it live and we lose the value of it just being a live podcast because there's no one listening. You know? Well, people who know me are interested in listening to the podcast. Yeah. And it's not a very large audience, but it will create a base and it won't necessarily be promoting the main out of sight podcast. It will just give people a taste as to what that might be. So that way when out of sight is officially released, there will be people who are invested enough to promote it with us. You're going to be basically making two products at the same time. And one of them is going to be immediate in terms of you need to go be going public with it and posting and stuff. And um, the other one, your is the is the final product that you can't screw up. And they're also kind of for two audiences. They're kind of for two different audiences because one story is about a podcaster, and the dramatic question is, will this character who I've become uh, hopefully invested in, will they create something worthwhile that can change behavior and change the world? And the other one is stories about conservation. Right, so they're they're kind of different stories, and they're all they they serve kind of different purposes. But you're also like that whole that process of switching gears, yeah, switching mind frames, like switching mind frames. It's like it's gonna take I think more. It's gonna take a, a, a lot of bandwidth. I think you want to be aware of that. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, and that's not to discourage you. It's because people have made two things at the same time. I'm just like, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm thinking about like the, the problems that you're trying to solve, about what you're trying to accomplish, and if there are, if there are other ways to accomplish it. Once again, doubts kept creeping back in mind. Driving down to Durham, I was certain I would be able to balance it all. My idea was that I'd be isolated, far from friends and other distractions, with lots of time between interviews. A lightly produced audio diary should be a piece of cake. Morrison in particular was concerned that by focusing so much energy on producing an audio diary, the quality of the final product could be compromised. 
Wanting to push back a little, I decided to confront Morrison. Morrison, can I challenge how you feel? Sure. Do you think that part of the reason why you are reluctant to let this second podcast happen is because you're possibly scared that there's going to be a product that your name is tied to. And if it's not anything beyond perfect, it will. I don't mind tying. I don't mind being associated with it at all. It's like, it's just, uh, I don't like if, if I'm involved with something, I, I don't, uh, I don't know, let's talk about this over beer and not like into a, into a microphone. Let's not talk about into a microphone. <laughs> Why not? I think that we should capture this. Doesn't actually of like the creative process. It doesn't get captured that much, and it's actually really compelling. Like not to the same audience that like a conservation podcast would necessarily be compelling, but like to a storyteller audience, like people like geek out over like how this process happens, like how the sausage is made. Dude, I think that. I think that if we're going to be doing podcasts, you have to get comfortable being around a microphone. And if you want to do the recording, I, I, I can. I just, we can like, change roles. I can give you this. Okay. You want to? No, no. We can do this over beers. You want this over beers and off mic? Sure enough. Yeah. And so that's what we did. We hashed out everything over beers, off mic, comfortable and candid. We decided that the audio diary was a good idea after all. The caveat was that the time needed for our main podcast would be prioritized over this audio diary. I felt like that was a good compromise. And for the record, Morrison and Elliot were 100% correct. Making a lightly produced audio diary on the road has been an incredible challenge for me. Within weeks, I fell behind. My journey has meant following lead after lead, talking to one person and then the next, cyclical, unrelenting. I'm recording my thoughts daily, but turning it into something digestible takes another level of effort that I haven't exactly had the bandwidth for. Even so, the team is now on the same page and we're moving along. I left Durham with confidence reinstated and we agreed to record our team meetings. Here's Morrison at the end of one of our recent meetings. This is great. Like, there's more fear when it's still hypothetical for me, like when we're just thinking things through. But now that the rubber has hit the road and you're talking to people, like and seeing the, the magic happen with all these interviews and engagement you're getting is really exciting. The average podcast episode is about 20 to 30 minutes long. For one story alone, I might spend weeks in a place collecting hours and hours of content. The adventure, the experiences, the people I engage with on the road, in other words, the face of the story is romantic and incredibly exciting. But on the back end, the team is constantly questioning, adapting, and hashing out our doubts. The process needs to be honest and thorough, and we've decided that you might be interested in seeing what it might be like behind the scenes. We want to give you a look at how the sausage is made. Is it episode of The Leap, The Making of Out of Sight. Production help by Morrison Mast and Elliot Blumberg. Music by Terrell Mast. And I'm Tristan Schneider. 
For more information, please visit our website at www.outofsightstories.org. Join me next episode in Brazil for the kickoff of my journey as I reunite with my daughter, Annabelle. Obrigado, amigo. Nada, meu filho. Deus abençoe você. Sim. Tchau. Tchau. No, they have to come unlock it. Oh. Oh. Christian, oh. Oh. Obrigado. Tudo bem? Oh, meu Deus. Tudo bem, minha filha? Oh, tá grande. Oh. <laughs>